Good morning, Thrive Church. Uh, last week, um, about 6 a.m., uh, Pastor Dan texted me and said that he wasn't feeling well. And <clears throat> we uh, had a brief discussion and decided that it was best if we just kind of uh, shut uh, church service down because we were aware of a number of people who were also not feeling well. And uh, I was fine until Sunday evening, and then I came down with the flu. So... <laughs> Between uh, Pastor Dan and myself and our families, this has been kind of a week of recovery. We're all doing uh, much better, and uh, we appreciate the fact uh, uh, that that you pray for us. Uh, we feel those things, and it means an awful lot. So uh, out of an abundance of caution, we thought that it would be best if we tried to just go online this week. And while it's certainly not ideal circumstances, I am so glad we have the technology to be able to do this. And we can at, at least connect around God's word for a few minutes on a Sunday morning and, and uh, uh, you know, hopefully fuel us up at least for a, a period of time. Um, so, by the way, if this is your first time here or even if you've been here before, welcome to Thrive Church. My name is David. I'll be your guide for the next uh, 30 minutes or so as we uh, take a look at um, what God might be telling us. Now, normally when I'm doing a message, I, um, I try to build everything around a central idea, uh, something for uh, each person to walk away from the church service with, to carry you know, into the week, and uh, to think about and meditate on. And I, this week, I'm gonna do something just a little bit different. I am going to start today by getting right to the point, cards on the table. Here's the thing I want you to remember. Here's here's, here's the, the main idea. This is the big idea. So if you wanna write this down, um, that would be great, uh, but keep this in mind as we go throughout the day. Bottom line here is I am calling Thrive Church to prayer. Tire Church corporately to pray. Now, a couple of reactions just occurred. <clears throat> I know it because uh, I know uh, human nature. Um, there's a group of you who see that word on the screen and you hear me, you know, calling the, the, the church to prayer. And the first thing in your, on, on your mind is what's wrong, right? You want to know like, okay, why is he calling us to prayer? There's got to be something amiss. Hang, hang on, hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, why here in just a moment. Uh, there's another group of you who you love to pray. And so consequently, Having something to uh, something specific to pray for is is, uh, is is exciting for you, and so you're like, "Come on, what is it? Tell tell me what it is." And the the vast majority of people will will probably be somewhere to um, you know mild interest to you know totally tuning me out. No, just kidding. I'm gonna ask you to just stick with me for a couple of minutes. Uh, I want to talk about this. I think this is an important. Um, I thought that uh, starting a new year in prayer would be a good idea. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we just did our theme for the year. I hope you found your theme um, and you're, you're praying over that and you're, you're engaging with God over what he wants to do um, here in, in 2022. Um, but as a, as a church, collectively, I thought maybe it would be best if we um, sought the Lord together uh, in kind of a corporate prayer. But I think more importantly, um, Let's just be honest, there's, there's something different, isn't there? I mean, something's just different. That's the title of this, um, something's different. And I've talked about this off and on for the last couple of years, but the fact of the matter is there has been a seismic shift 
in the world, not just in this country, not just in you know some segment of our of a country, but the entire world. Uh, there are some nations. I I just I I can't believe the things that I'm I'm reading or seeing online. I I never would have believed that that would have those types of things would occur in my lifetime. Um, whether it's you know political or medical or any of it, it just it's it's truly um, seismic in just the the scope. Um, the pandemic has caused a true disruption, not an interruption. So if you think about those two words, an interruption is something's going along, it interrupts it, and then, uh, and but but things continue along the same path, right? So it's an interruption. You know, when your day gets interrupted, your day's still moving along, right? It just gets interrupted by someone or something or some kids or whatever it happens to be. But a disruption is different. That's when everything changes. And there's this, uh, you know, major obstacle or a roadblock or something that, that occurs and it, it changes the entire environment. And that's what we're seeing with the pandemic. It's not an interruption to some normal timeline. It is a complete disruption. And we've seen this in a variety of different quarters, but especially within the church. Just nationwide, we know that um, attendance has shifted dramatically. Um, and not just from, you know, in person to online and back. And that's only part of it. There's a, a bigger picture that's playing out that we'll be talking about probably for the next couple of decades. There's also been a change certainly in giving because there's a change in attendance. Those two things tend to go hand in hand. <clears throat> and more importantly, and, and I, I guess more um, concerning, is the fact that there's a sh uh, theological shift as well. Um, especially among um, the younger generations, there is a move towards a theology um, that is not necessarily traditional. And um, the effects of this, I, I just don't know. Um, but, it's, but it's happening all over the place. And we've even seen some of this happen here at Thrive Church. In the most basic sense, we went from about 30 people, for 30 courageous people who decided to, to start this work um, back five or six years ago. And we grew in the first three years to about 90, uh, over 90. When everyone was together, it was, you know, 100 plus. Uh, it was fun. There was a lot of cool things happening and a lot of energy in the room. And some of you remember that. And it was great. And it took us three years to do that. And then uh, we've gone from 90 back down to 30 or 40 in about a year, about a year and a half. Uh, so that's been a big shift for us. <clears throat> and... Um, I think there's a normal attrition that most uh, churches go through. I mean, people leave, people enter, and and it, it's just part of any organization that breathes out, it breathes in, and and for churches that's with with human beings, and and all churches experience this. But in in this particular case, I think that the lockdowns provided an opportunity, um, or provided conditions um, for people exiting at the same time. Now, they may have been leaving on, on their, you know, in one way or another, uh, but they all kind of left at the same time because the church locked down. And when, when we came back live, uh, they had gone on to other things. Uh, and I'm not just talking about Thrive Church. I'm just talking about the church in general, that 
lockdowns provide an opportunity for um, exodus to occur. But at the same time, the normal attrition where you're breathing in new new folks couldn't occur because you know everyone was was shut down. Maybe uh, they were watching online, but for the vast majority of, of churches, visiting is a big deal, and you can't do that. So we have this kind of you know perfect set of conditions for people to um, make some theological decisions and change the relationship that they have with with a church, and not have the opposite side where you've got a, a front door where, where people are entering and becoming part of the congregation. Now, it's sad and it's, uh, uh, it is disconcerting to think about all of that. But perhaps, um, perhaps this is actually a new opportunity, a God opportunity to do something different because something's different, right? I mean, we all know it. We all know that there's something different. Maybe, just maybe, this is a God opportunity to actually do something different. Because, I mean, think about it. The, the, the easiest thing to do is to, to lament and, and to be sad and, and to kind of, you know, pine for what, what happened before. And, and there's plenty of that going on. I mean, okay, I'll be honest. I engaged in it myself from time to time. And you're like, ah, geez, and, you know, I, I get that. And, and on the other hand, the, the other thing that I, I'm seeing a lot of is that there's this push to, quote, get back to normal. But the problem is <laughs> normal keeps changing, doesn't it? I mean, what we used to think was normal is, is, is not normal even six months later, right? And, and no one really knows what normal is anymore. And it, it doesn't seem that um, whatever normal used to be is ever really going to come back. I mean, there, there's, there's no getting around it. And that's just kind of the reality of, of all of this. But if we, if we take a moment and think differently and not fall into those two traps, we need to remember something that God was not surprised by the coronavirus. Not surprised by that or anything else. And in fact, I think it's very likely he has redemption in mind because that's his thing. Those circumstances, the ones that we're, we don't like and we find uncomfortable, are usually the very place where, where God does some of his best work because he's redemptive always. And perhaps maybe we shouldn't try to fix something that God is in the process of dismantling for whatever reason. And so I was thinking about this um, over the last, well, several weeks, months. And, um, and I'm, I mentioned this from time to time, but Thrive is back into church planting mode. I mean, we really are. I mean, just given kind of, you know, you know, where we've been, um, what's occurred, where we are numerically, we're back to planting again and uh, to think like church planters. And um, my thought is, if that's the case, then let's start with the head of the church. Let's start with God. Let's, let's really seek him together. Here at the beginning of the year, it's a great time to seek God corporately, but also just dealing with the reality of, of our Thrive Church circumstances, let's start with God. Because he's got dreams for this place. 
and we want to know what his dreams are so that we can join him in that process. So to that end, um, <clears throat> I want us to take a look at a very familiar passage. It's in uh, the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And if you get a Bible app or if you get a Bible, go ahead and, and turn there. And in the meantime, let me give you a little bit of context. King Solomon, um, David's son, has just completed building the temple of the Lord. <clears throat> now, normally when we think in terms of temple, we think, you know, religious practices, re religious rites um, take place in a temple. And that's true. All of those things uh, occurred at, at the temple in Jerusalem. However, it, it's built like a palace. It was the place where God himself was going to dwell among his people. This is a very big deal because um, Israel was a people of presence. It was the only thing that really distinguished them from anywhere else is that, that Yahweh himself would come and, and live among um, the people in the, the tent of meeting and then ultimately in, in the temple. So we have this, this sense of palace, dwelling place for God. Uh, not just a, a religious center, but something a little bit more. And so <clears throat> um, uh, Solomon fills it, uh, or uh, completes the, the palace, and then God takes up residence. And, and earlier in chapter 7, it, it talks about how the glory of God filled the temple, kind of like smoke, that it kept the priests out. They couldn't even do their duties because the presence was so thick inside the temple. And then after all of this, then God appears to Solomon himself and has a conversation and he makes Solomon and Israel a promise when times get bad, because they will. You know, times, they just get bad. There's an ebb and flow to things. Things like droughts and locusts and even plagues, kind of like what we're experiencing right now, uh, all of that. Um, God makes the simple promise. Uh, to Solomon, which I think is interesting. And uh, you may have seen this on a refrigerator magnet or a bumper sticker or something, you know, um, but I want you to read this through with me. So here it is, 2 Corinthians 7, verse four, uh, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin will heal their land. And this is the word of the Lord, and we believe it. Now let's look at some of the elements to this verse, because I think it's very easy to gloss over some things, and we need to pay attention to some stuff in here. Here's first part of it. If my people who are called by my name. Now, obviously, Israel um, has uh, the divine name in it, L, E-L, at the end. Um, so he's speaking specifically to ancient Israel, but the fact of the matter is, is that if you call yourself a Christian, that means little Christ. So you wear the name of Christ yourself. You are called by his name. And so this applies in a lot of ways to you too. Uh, keep that in mind. <clears throat> if my people who are called by my name, little Christ, mm -hmm, yeah, pay attention. My people who are called by my, uh, called by my name will humble themselves. Hmm. This word humble means to bring low or to subdue. And um, 
I think that we have to be real careful about this notion of humility because humility um, sometimes I think gets uh, um, uh, misdefined or at least misunderstood. We're not thinking negatively about ourselves. That's not humility. That's that's self-esteem. <laughs> you know, there's some some issues there. But I think to think low of ourselves um, is is um, often to think negatively, and that's not what's going on here. Um, but humility in this particular case means to assume a posture that God is greater than me. So I'm bringing myself lower, and I'm bringing myself under the authority, aligning myself with God. That's humility. That's being humble. That doesn't take away from who I am, who God has created to be, my gifts, um, my experiences, none of that. So it is with you. We're talking about humility. We're not talking about thinking less of ourselves, but rather to understand ourselves in relationship with God. Does this make sense? I think this is an important thing for us to, to understand because if we're called by his name and we humble ourselves, bring ourselves underneath his authority, recognizing who he is and our position with him, that changes things. That changes our perspective. And that seems to be a, a prerequisite to all of this. Called by his name, we're humbling ourselves. And then, of course, he says, and pray. That's why we're here. We're talking about this. If we have a conversation with God, that's all prayer is, is talking with God. And it's a conversation because it goes both ways. God actually speaks to you if you can hear him. And you got to spend some time learning his, his voice. But I think what's key to this particular passage and, and what I want to draw your attention to is this last little, little bit here. So, People called by his name, humble themselves, pray, and seek his face. This is an idiom within Hebrew, and we see this throughout the Old Testament about um, seeking the face of God. And the best way to describe it, at least in our modern language or thrive language, is to chase after his presence. To not only have a, try to have a conversation with God, but to also actually seek his presence, to be in his presence. And here's the thing, and this is, this is so important. It is so possible to pray without his presence. That's why these, both these things are here, is that, yeah, humble yourself. You know, figure out where you belong in this relationship with God and have a conversation with him, but seek his presence. That becomes pivotal to all of this. It's, it's, it's a really big deal. So let's, let's pray and seek, his, um, seek his, his presence. Now, my friend uh, Kevin Klaus, who pastors um, the Church of God in Cushing, Oklahoma, he made this comment the other uh, few weeks ago that I, it's just really stuck with me. He says, God is uninterested in unconscious prayer. God is uninterested in unconscious prayer. Oh, that's so good. Because sometimes I think we can we can just say the same prayer over and over again, and, and it doesn't mean anything to us anymore. It's unconscious. Now, that doesn't mean that from time to time, uh, you don't have these quick little prayers that you, you send up and, you know, um, but 
when you seek the face of God, that cannot be unconscious. You have to actually try to seek. Seeking, um, by its nature, is a conscious activity. And so I, I think that what, what God is looking for is, is really our full undivided attention. God wants to be near us when we pray. It's not just that we're seeking him and, you know, we might get lucky sometime. That's not it at all. It's God wants to be with us, but he wants us to have that conscious prayer. So, yes, pray, but make sure you're seeking his face, too, so that you have the presence and, 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 and you're, 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 you're not falling into the trap of unconscious prayer. And that's why we emphasize around here to chase after him to chase after his presence. It's, it's a big deal. Power um, always follows his presence. And so if you want to see the Lord come in power and, and to, to do things only God could do, mm, there you go. You have to have that presence first. I think that's really key to all of this. You have to seek his face. And then notice um, in this next little bit is seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. Oh boy, we could spend a long time on this. I just don't have time to, to develop it at the moment. But this is the idea of repentance. To repent means to turn from something towards something else. And that's really what God is saying here is turn from your wicked ways. And, and here's the thing. Wickedness makes us weak. We think that it makes us strong, but it doesn't. It always makes us weak. And so, so God is, is saying, look, put yourself in the right posture, the right position. Have a conversation with me. Seek my presence. But then quit doing things that undermine all of that. Quit the wickedness because that's not something that's going to help you with anything uh, that you're, you're praying about. None of it. And so turn from, from those types of things so that God can partner with us. Because that's really what's happening in this next, next section. Turn from their work and And then I will hear, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. He'll hear, he'll forgive, and he'll heal. Right? We've got those three things. This is something that God is not withholding from us. He wants to partner with us. And so we've got to put ourselves in that right place. Uh, we've got to actually have the conversation but to do it consciously in his presence and quit doing the things that will undermine us. And then God is in a place where he can partner with us to really see some unbelievable things occur. Forgive us of our sin and heal the land. <clears throat> God wants to partner with you throughout all this interesting to, to think about this idea of healing the land. Heal means to, to um, uh, make whole. And land um, can be a region uh, or a country, but the root word means firm. And so the idea here is, broadly speaking, is where you live. And, and he, will, he will heal where you live, that particular area, which might be your uh, neighborhood, or it might be, you know, your workplace, or wh whatever it happens to be, is that then God can go in and make whole. How many of you would really like to see where you live made whole? I thought so. Think about your life. 
where you live right now and what needs to be made whole. Don't you want that? I mean, really? I mean, don't you want to see God make those things whole? And he's giving you the, the methodology, the way to do that. Now, <clears throat> the beginning of the new year, um, let's seek God's face together, okay? I'm, I'm calling us to prayer. That's the whole idea here. But I want, want to do it in a very specific way, okay? So uh, take out your phones. I know that you have them. There's a very good chance because we are online that you are looking at your phone and listening to this too. I, I know, I know how this works. So if you have your phone, take it out, and I want you to set an alarm. Yep, I want you to set a daily alarm for 714, 2 Chronicles 714, so 714. Now, you get to choose whether or not it's a.m. or p.m. doesn't matter to me, but just 714, I want you to set an alarm. And I want you to label it um, something, pray for Thrive. Something to interrupt your, your day uh, to remind you to say a prayer for your brothers and sisters, the ones who call Thrive Church home. And we're just going to do this for the next week. For the next week, every day, 714, set that alarm that will cause you to stop what you're doing and pray, not unconsciously, but consciously. Set that alarm and simply ask God what he has in mind for Thrive Church this year. And just, I mean, simple as that. I mean, this is, this is not something eloquent. This is simply, oh, God, this is my church. This is your church. What do you have in mind for us? Pray and ask him that. Um, listen for what he might be saying to you specifically about that. I, I don't know what that is, but, but maybe... Be open to it. Be open to the fact that, God, do you have something in mind for me in Thrive Church? Pray for the health and safety of your church family. Oh my gosh, people need it. Pray for the protection that, you know, God would keep the coronavirus from, from folks, but, but also that, you know, that keep them from being regular sick. Yes, it does occur. And so we want to wanna pray for our church family. Please ask for wisdom on our leadership. I, you know, we... We want to seek God. We want to hear what God has to say for us. This is, this is his church. Um, you know, I'm just the under-shepherd. I'm, I'm trying to hear what God has to say. I just pray for that kind of uh, wisdom and that listening. Lord, I, I, I need that. So pray for uh, me, Pastor Dan, the rest of our church leadership, that we would, we would be able to hear him. And then ultimately, I'm just... I'm asking everybody that in that moment at 7.14 a.m. or p.m. this week, that you would pray for more presence. Oh, God, just be more present with us. Because if we really want to see his power, we have to find his presence. Because power always follows presence, always. And so we just want more presence, more presence. Ask God for, for more presence. Anyway, so I'm calling us to corporate prayer. As we begin the year, as we try to deal with something's different, let's find out what God wants to do differently. 
um, through us, inside of us as a church family. Let's, let's really humble ourselves and put ourselves in the right posture and the right position to hear from him. To actually have the conversation, to consciously seek his presence and to, to deal with the stuff that we know isn't healthy for us, that we actually repent from those things and, and do something else. And then watch what God will do. Let's see what happens together. Well, then let me pray for you. God, I'm so grateful for technology to do this. I'm grateful that uh, you have called Thrive Church into being and that we get to do this. Lord, I pray that uh, for each person that calls Thrive Church home, that they would seek your face and that um, the alarm would go off at, at just really interesting moments in their, in their day, either in the morning or in the evening, and it would, it would just jar them to the fact that you are present and you want to be with us. And I pray, Lord, that throughout this entire process that we would be so changed that we would be more a people of presence than when we, than we, when we ended last year. God, I, I pray for the health and safety of everyone who's listening to this. I ask you, God, um, to fill us more with your presence because that's what we need. We desperately need it. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you're going to do throughout the entire process. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. So good to uh, be with you, at least uh, online, for a few minutes. And uh, as always, if you have uh, something that you need some help with, please let us know at the church. We're delighted to try to assist you if we can. Other than that, stay as healthy as possible. And uh, 714, pray for more of his presence. Until next week, grace and peace. <music>